you, you might see me one day shave off the beard, although that's not likely, uh, considering I have no I have no actual jaw. I just have <laughs> a chin and a neck. It's it's a chinneck. So I just have a chinneck. And uh, now, when, I, when I shave my face, it's weird looking. <laughs> are, are you saying that because it's like it's just one of those necks that just kind of goes until it hits your cheekbones? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no jaw, no healthy, uh, you know, John Ham jaw here. Just a chin and a neck. The other thing about my face is uh, I kept a beard for most of the my adult life, so I aged under my beard. So I started off in my 20s. I was sexy and, you know, whatever. I'm going to clubs. I'm clubbing guy. I decide to grow a beard. I keep it until I'm in my 30s. Then I have to go to a wedding. I shave it off, and I look in the mirror, and I go, who the fuck is that guy? I'm going to punch him in his fucking face. TMMZ Streamer of the Week podcast. How's it going, everyone? How's it going? How's it going? I see we've got a bunch of people already in chat, including MZ herself. How's it going, Emma? How's it going? Uh, and I am talking with uh, the Team MZ Streamer of the Week, the mighty superhero, ah, Felix Ergood. This is Felix Ergood. Oh, God, it's, on, it's talking. Hold on. I, I got the fucking stream talking. Hold on. Chat only. Chat only. That's what I have to be on, right? Chat only. Hello, Team MC. Hello, world. How are you? This is Felix Sergood of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. I'm. I'm. So we, <laughs> Felix. So I'm a few minutes late, and uh, as you can see, it's it's just me hosting tonight. I'm sorry. You know what? I, I gave you the intro. Let me just real quick get this out of the way. I am Rev. Uh, I can be seen at Twitch.tv Rev, where I stream weekdays, and I also do my own podcast. Which is one of the things that Felix and I had a lot to talk about. And I'm talking with Felix Hergood, the Team MZ Streamer of the Week, who you can find at twitch.tv Felix Hergood. But the first thing I have to ask, I'm sure the first thing on everyone's mind, okay? I know. When I first saw your name pop up, I wanted to know this, Felix. Is it is it Felix Hergood or is it like, ha Felix Hergood? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It started as Felix Hergood uh, because it was like a party name. Like yeah. I used to give it out uh, as a fake name when I would go to like a party and I'd be talking to some uh, person, girl, guy that I didn't really want to talk to ever again. I kind of was deceptive and I would give out the name Felix Hergood, but uh, or, or Fe- exactly all together. But now it's kind of become it's transmogrified into a character that I play named Felix, first name, last name, Hergood. Um, because when I decided to create, I wanted anonymity from who I actually am. Um, when I started a podcast. So me and the three other guys that I collectively started the podcast with said to me, do you want to just, you know, do we want to just go by our real names or our gamer tags? And it's a gaming podcast. You know, we, we we are pseudo pseudo intellectuals at the Emergent Gamer Podcast. We are pseudo intellectuals who chat and talk games. Um, I I say pseudo because um, none of us are industry. We're not industry. You know, we're not there yet. 
um, but we'd like to be one day. Um, and one day we might be actual intellectuals that people go to to listen to. Maybe we already are. I don't know. There, we, I think we have some fans out there. But the point is, is uh, we wanted to keep that separate from our real lives. Um, so we so we just went by our gamer tags. And yeah. Felix Sergo was my gamer tag on PlayStation. And then later on, I changed. I paid money. <laughs> I paid Xbox money to change my gamer tag on my Xbox to Felix Sergo as well. So. Now I'm Felix Sergoed on both. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's dirty. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's so dirty. I, was, I was right in my assumption that it, there was sort of a little bit of a, it, you it know, was, sort of a, a little bit of a dirty twist to the name. Yes, but it, was, it, was I, engendered, I it was engendered as a dirty thing at a party when I was hammered on special kinds of gin or scotch or whatever I drank back in the day. I don't drink anymore, but... Uh, but I drank a lot then, and that's everyone thought it was hilarious. I also smoked a lot of cigarettes then, so I was a different human then. I I also used to drink a lot, and I also used to smoke a lot. I don't smoke anymore, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually, uh, you talked about this last week, but I, I actually quit cold turkey. I, I, yeah. I, I smoked. I smoked wow. a lot, and uh, smoked weed, I smoked uh, cigarettes, and... Uh, so weed, I stopped smoking in 2003, and then cigarettes, I quit uh, in 2007. So, and it was all cold turkey, not a single. I didn't cheat, dude. That that is so impressive to me. I I can't even begin to tell you. Like I, I Mark Twain has a little quote. He goes, "Quitting smoking is easy. I do it every single night." Yeah, yeah, exactly. You I've know, quit and, and of I, times. I, I mean, I quit three or four times, and it never really stuck. Uh, until these came along and now I'm almost four years, well, three and a half years without a death stick. But, you know, it's weird because sometimes people go like, oh, you get cancer and emphysema. And, and when you're 18, you're like, whatever, that's not going to happen to me. I wish someone had told me like, oh, yeah, but if you smoke, you'll become a slave. Like, that's the worst part about smoking to me. Yeah, you can like, be. Oh. No, the, so, the worst, well, I was just going to say the worst thing for me with cigarettes was... I was trying to. I was fashioning myself as a writer at that time in life, and I, I still kind of am, but I'm more a streamer now than I was. I am a writer, so I'm, I'm now saying when I meet somebody in public, I go, "Well, I love streaming video games." Back about ten years ago, it was, "Oh, I'm a writer," um, and I was writing a lot of things. I was working on a book. I was working on short stories, all this kind of stuff, um, and I found that my biggest problem with cigarettes had to do with the fact that I couldn't focus on the writing. I would have to go out every 20 minutes, smoke a, smoke a cigarette and then come back in and it would break my concentration when I was trying to focus on the writing. So, um, that's why I, I really ultimately knuckled down and, and decided to quit one day. So we, uh, seem to have quite a bit in common. I, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, I actually do proof writing and editing uh, sort of as my real job. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've done some ghostwriting, and I used to write for pleasure when I had time to do such a thing. And, uh, yeah, so seems like it's uh, kindred spirits here, buddy. Yeah, I'm working on, a, uh, I guess, a sci science fiction slash fantasy thing that I've been working on since 2009. It's like 300 pages in, and I've never finished it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the kind of writer I am. Um, but I did finish a collection of short stories. Uh, so I have a collection of short stories, but they're not science fiction or anything. They're just, uh, all it is is just me writing about hooking up. 
<laughs> in the vein of says, Ghost Rev wrote Stephen King's It. No, but I read it when I was like 12 and it changed my life. What, what was the name of that? What was the name of that douche? Uh, Tucker Max. So my... Uh, oh! No, no, hold on, hold on. The story, okay. The stories hold I on. wrote were like the nice guy Tucker Max. <laughs> uh, still misogynistic to a degree, but not like to his extreme. Like he, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, um, uh, I wasn't trying to lampoon or, um, I wasn't trying to, you know, sour the memory of the people that I had hooked up with. I was just trying to acknowledge that this happened and it affected both parties. And that was it. You know, well, you, you know, that, uh, that Tucker Max, like 90% of those stories were made up, right? Yeah. Right. And then they um, like, like he they started getting sued. He started getting all these lawsuits coming in, and he's like, look, uh, I made up almost everything in that book. And that was pretty much the end of his career after that. Yeah, he's uh, it, it was kind of like an inspiration. Like, I picked his book up in a goddamn train station. I was, like, in Penn Station in New York. I, had been, I was working production uh, in television. I used to call myself, my nickname for myself at that time was Tri-State. Because I wasn't sure what goddamn state I lived in. So I, I was always in either PA or New York or Maryland or Delaware. And I wasn't, I was calling myself Tri-State because I couldn't figure, like people would go, uh, it was like a nickname I gave myself. People would go, what's your name? Tri-State. <laughs> it only, it only stuck around for like a week. But, but yeah. I was, well, I think I like Felix Hergood way more than Tri-State, if that helps. Yeah, right. But I found, I found his book in a train station and I was so repulsed by it that I said, I got to write something that's like the anti-Tucker Max book. So I said, because not all guys are dicks. They just aren't. <laughs> you know, like, he is, but not all of us are. And he was yeah. he was becoming a mouthpiece for everyone like me. And I was like, mm, I got to get in there, guy. He kind of, he can, uh, you know, I don't even want to talk about him, to be honest. If we can, we can get, get back off to something topic. far moving more on, interesting. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Yes. Uh, well, I, I mean, personally, I think you're a lot more interesting. So you're, but you said, uh, PA, you're originally from Philadelphia. Are you still living in Philly now? I, I live in Philly right now. I was born in the suburb of Philly. And then at one point, my parents whisked me away to a magical land called Maryland. And I only went met one Mary there. She married my friend Adam, so I left. You know, you brought up before we went live. You were bringing up Wayne's World, and uh, whenever I hear Maryland, I get confused, and I think of that one scene where they're doing the green screen thing, That's and they're nice. like, "We're in Delaware," and Maryland's <laughs> another one of those states. We're in Maryland. No, he says he says, uh, "Hey, we're in Maryland," or no, he says, "Hey, we're in Delaware." What? No, I can't. I, man, you fucked me up. I can't remember those lines at all. I, been, I can't either. It's but, been like twenty years since I've seen uh, Wayne's World, but yeah, they're, 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 they're like, doing all these what? clever green screens, and then they they finish with "Wow, I'm in Delaware," and then they just like look around like this. Yeah. Like, oh, what, what do you do now? And it's true. De- Delaware is in. Uh, uh, I used to call it the land of prepackaged housing and convenient shopping, where uh, teen queens and skate fiends make babies and bomb hits. <laughs> that was Delaware. It was just a bunch of uh, something about, I wrote something about it being um, something about like, uh, you know what? About like, uh, oh, uh, it's something about America in a sugar coma. I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> 
I was talking. Um, I was, it was a perfect example of America in the sugar coma or something. I don't know if you yeah. saw, but Wildy Bear says, ever since Felix Hergood had cut his hair, he feels like questioning all of his life choices. You, you, Wildy Bear is questioning all of his life choice, choices. Well, you should, man. You know, you gotta you gotta freshen it up every now and then. I like to I like to change up the routine, man. I'm I'm not the kind of guy who can who could just stay the same way. In fact, you, you might see me one day shave off the beard, although that's not likely. Uh, considering I have no, I have no actual jaw. I just have a chin and a neck. It's it's a chinneck. So I just have a chinneck. And uh, now, when I, when I shave my face, it's weird looking. <laughs> are are you saying that because it's like it's just one of those necks that just kind of goes until it hits your cheekbones? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no jaw, no healthy, uh, you know, John Ham jaw here. Just a chin and a neck. The other thing about my face is. Uh, I kept a beard for most of the my adult life, so I aged under my beard. So I started off in my 20s. I was sexy and, you know, whatever. I'm going to clubs. I'm clubbing guy. I decide to grow a beard. I keep it until I'm in my 30s. Then I have to go to a wedding. I shave it off, and I look in the mirror, and I go, who the fuck is that guy? I'm going to punch him in his fucking face. Like, I don't know who I became, but it's not me. Like I don't see who I who I was when I was in my twenties, so it freaks me out when I'm shaved. So fuck that dude in the mirror. I hate him. I feel, dude, I feel you. I, I I've said this before, but I uh, in my family growing up, that my parents had a uh, rule for all their kids: no tattoos, no piercings, no facial hair until you're 18. So none of their kids had any piercings, facial hair, or, or tattoos. So that. I, about two months after I turned 18, I grew a goatee, and it's been there or been a full beard ever since. Yeah, I, I had a problem. Uh, kid, the kids in the stream might not know who I'm talking about, but the Canadians might. <laughs> I, had Canadian. a, I had a big problem with growing the goatee when I was in my 20s because Tom Green was popular. And if I if you go goatee on my face, I become fucking Tom Green. In fact, his, his face got the same – his face fattened. And, and turned into like a pumpkin head in the exact same exact way as mine. So now, even if now now people don't know who Tom Green is, but then they they did. But I guarantee you, I would still look like Tom Green if I if I grew a goatee. I got to tell you, I hated Tom Green when he was popular, but I love him now. Like he was one of those guys, like <laughs> Vanilla Ice, who made a ton of money as a fad and then. Saved it and invested it and kept it and like built off of his fad. Uh, the fucking Canadians, the fucking Canadians in the chat are going nuts about me. Me mentioning Tom Green, they go to ape shit. He's like their fucking hero. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, you know what? And I'll bet, I'll bet there's some Americans who are just old enough to remember Tom Green. Like I, I uh, he's a cool dude. I don't know why, but I have a feeling Crash Coak, who just crashed into the channel. I, I, I have a feeling he'll remember Tom Green. Yeah, I mean, he put his bum on a bunch of people. It was super yes. awkward. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that he was done when he made that movie. Freddie got fingered. I was like, "Oh, yeah, do you realize that that has reached cult classic status? Like, it's obsessed over. People love Freddie got fingered. It's like yeah. their favorite thing. You should see the videos online. People doing homages to Freddie got fingered. It's it's nuts. But yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, Canadians. Where, See, I grew up in Buffalo, which is like two minutes across the border from Canada. Yeah, I like, know where it is. Yeah, yeah. Some people call Buffalo Toronto South, which we do not approve of. But you know, uh, I, I know the Canadian culture fairly well. 
So I'm going to hit one or two of these questions just to try to keep it professional. Sure. Try to keep it somewhat on task. Oh, I, 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 I did want to say, spoiler alert, yeah. uh, I'm going to curse a lot in this stream. How <laughs> fucking dare you? <laughs> Um, it's funny. We align uh, real quick before you get into questions. We align with a podcast called the Fireside Chats. Uh, if you're ever in my stream, you might meet Mr. Menti. He, he's the uh, the primary uh, producer and or he's one of the primary producers of the podcast. But I align with him, and because they do comic books, they feel that they have like a broad audience, and their audience might include kids. So when they're doing their podcast, they don't curse. So when I go over there, I have to like keep myself tight lipped. And, and not curse, and it's crazy how often it slips out. I, I don't even know when I'm cursing. I'm such a horrible human being, but I apologize ahead of time to anyone in the stream who's personally offended by my uh, choice of words. True story. True story. I never used to curse. Um, before I met my wife, I was working as a special education teacher preschool level, right? Yeah. You do not ever curse. When you are literally thinking to yourself every minute, don't curse, don't curse, don't curse, don't curse. Like one time I said, damn it, and people got mad. You know what I mean? Well, you, you, I mean, when you're working in that particular sector, you don't want, you don't want the kids to overhear it because a lot of right. times uh, my sister is mentally handicapped. Yeah, and- but so then it carries over. So then you never do it when you're not at work also. Then I met my wife, who is the daughter of a truck driver. Oh. And yeah, yeah, now – she was a bad influence. But when I when I grew up, there were kids that I would meet who were friends with my sister, and um, if they heard like a word, they would just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. They were on, you know, they might have been on the spectrum or or whatnot. Um, so when they came over the house, I had to I had to tighten the lips. I had to not curse as much um, because they would hear it and then they'd take it back to their parents. And then my mom would be, "What did you say? What did you say? What the hell's wrong with you?" <laughs> You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I feel you. I feel you. I, my, my whole thing about the whole cursing thing is you should you should speak what's in your heart and what's in your soul. So, if you're, for example, you're playing PUBG and you're this close to getting your chicken dinner, and you get it, how can you not curse? <laughs> like, you, you speak what's in your soul. You know. You, you speak naturally, in my opinion. So I try and I try to I try to keep cursing down, but at the same time, I don't I don't censor myself. I don't know if that makes any sense. Look at that potato finger typing. Wow, that was some terrible typing you just did. Yeah. Cell phones. So what what kind of questions you got for me? Oh, all right. Well, I guess we can hit those up. Um, I mean, we're 23 minutes in. I suppose it's time I actually looked at the questionnaire. You took the time to this fill out. This is an out. hour, right? This is an well, hour. Yeah, yeah. An hour. Got it. Cool. Um, so, okay. Uh, I'm going to go to the one that I, So your first console was the Atari 2600. Yes. You were, you were, you were in early. Yeah, I got my uh, – so I – when I was younger, my parents were um, – they were really reticent to buy me video games. They were the type of parents. It's funny. I was just watching an episode of the Americans and the Americans takes place in the early eighties. And, uh, the kid in the show keeps asking his parents for a ColecoVision. (laughs) I didn't have a ColecoVision, but I kept asking my parents for a ColecoVision. Um, 
and they didn't know what it was, and they bought me the wrong thing. They bought me an Atari 2600, which is a little later. I mean, the ColecoVision by that time was totally out of date anyway. I was seeing the ColecoVision at my aunt's house. She had a ColecoVision, and I used to play the early Rocky game. When the Rocky movie came out, Rocky Two, Rocky Three, or one of them in the early 80s, ColecoVision came out with a Rocky game where you could box. It was totally boxy and weird, and I can't believe I even enjoyed it back then, but I did. And then my parents didn't know what a ColecoVision was, so they went out, I guess, they went shopping, and they found an Atari 2600, and that's the first console console I ever owned. And I played all kinds of games on it. Uh, Combat was, like, one of my favorite. Combat was the greatest game of all time. Yeah. Yes! That's the one where you got the tanks. Yes. And you, well, no, yes. they're just boxes with a little stick coming off of them. Right. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, that's pretty much but all they are. when that was cutting-edge video gaming, your imagination made those into... Jesus, that was a full war tank, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean... World of Tanks, my ass. Yeah, World Mike of Tanks, my ass. Nothing on what our imagination did, kids. Yes. So, yeah, yeah I, I, get, I get a time with the Atari tanks, And then you have the option where the bullets bounce off the walls. Well, that was just another map. Yeah, that, right. that, that, that was a map pack that you owned for the uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred Combat. Right. <laughs> that was my favorite one in combat. I hate, and I hated the airplane one where you had three airplanes. That was so dumb. I hated that. Do you remember well, that, that one? The, well, that was an, I think that was another stage of combat. Right. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Combat got really. Uh, it got they they got daring with it. They went into like different modes of transportation. It was it was interesting. That was in the higher levels. Can I ask, and you can feel free not to answer this, how, how old are a uh, gentleman are you? I'm 39. Oh! I'm an old man. Too. I was born in 1978. Ah, so I you're... I was born in the 70s. Technically a millennial. According to what uh, some websites have said, although some other websites have argued that I'm not, that I'm actually... Yeah. That I'm a, genera- a generation... What am I? I'm a generation... Something between X and Y. I don't even understand... I, I don't there's care. there's always a little buffer room, but like yeah, so I'm 77 and I was born sort of tail into 77, and uh, you know when I read that book Generation X, it it said 1978 was the cutoff year. So I didn't whatever. Anyways. I've I've worked for a lot of young companies. Like I used to work for MTV. I used to work for uh, Nickelodeon. I've worked for a lot of young companies. Those young those young companies all were employed by young people. In fact, when I worked at MTV, my supervisor – at the time at MTV, I was probably 24. My supervisor, like the person who had been there the longest, was 30, right? So like like it was crazy. Everyone was young at all the companies I worked at. So it's kind of kept me feeling young, kept me young over the years. Um, even though I, I don't think 39 is old, it's just that um, I've just worked at a lot – of young companies that keep you, keep you in kind of that youthful perspective. And I also listen to a lot of, you know, I'm obsessed with like newer music. Um, so yeah, it keeps you kind of young. Um, I, I have one foot being born when I was born is really unique. Cause I have, I have one foot in the past and one foot in the present or the future because my left foot is remembering the time period when I had a rotary television, uh, sorry, rotary telephone, and I had UHF on a, on a television set. And then my right foot is in the future with an iPhone in my pocket and doing this, doing the streaming and having a ball with that. And, and that's, you know, there's, there's people that are my age who have kids now who never took the time to get to know any of that kind of tech. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they just don't even know what I'm talking about. I can't even have conversations with my best friends that I grew up with anymore. They just want to talk about their kids. I don't have any kids yet. And basically, I just want to talk about tech or some what new development, ha- you know. Like, I'm in, like, the Elon Musk of my friends. <laughs> it's re- it's ridiculous. Dude, I-, I feel you. For me, that that started happening for me about 10 years ago when I was in my late 20s. And all of a sudden, all my friends were get- – and I got married in my early 30s, very early 30s. I've been married for eight years now. Um, but, I, you know, all my friends were getting married in their sort of their late 20s. They were starting to have kids, and all of a sudden, I'm like talking about, and and it was like I knew, oh, okay, we're not going to go out to the bars anymore. But like, I'd be trying to talk to them, and they'd be like, I, I don't know, I I don't know, I uh, I, I got to take, I got to wake up early to take. And I was like, wow, there's, I, that's when I started experiencing that sort of separation, separation where it's like, wow, if you're not sort of keeping up on what's new, you really do you do lose track quickly. And I'll tell you what it's been for me where I, where I just now started noticing it is, um, VR because I can't afford to get into VR, Yeah. but some people I'll see some people streaming VR and I'm like, I don't have any idea how that works. Like I've never used any, well, I think there's, that a lot, sense? Uh, there's even people in the games industry that don't even really understand VR yet. I think it's really young and I don't think they, they truly know how to apply it yet. I mean, or, they don't know how they're going to apply it. It's going to have different types of application as we go into the future, and I just don't think that they they've really mastered how to do it. Like I went to I had our the members of two members of our gaming podcast had the fortunate uh, chance to go to E3 in 2015. So the whole time you're at E3, you don't realize. So everyone thinks that E3 is like PAX, like or TwitchCon, that you're going to get there and there's a bunch of fans. You're not. Okay, when you're at E3, if you get in the door, and this is even true with them claiming that they're selling tickets, they're not selling tickets. There's like five, they are selling tickets, but there's like, it's not a different type of ticket. There's five, 5,600, like five to 6,000, somewhere between five to 6,000 tickets that were given to companies that could be used for giveaways and things like that. E3 is a trade show. When you go right. there, the only people that are there are industry people, voice actors, agents, like developers, you know, the producers of these games, movie people, people who work in the movie industry. That's all that's at E3 when you get there. When you walk through the walls, uh, through the halls of E3, it's like you, it's like they're the gods of Olympus and you're Greek. You're like a Greek walking through the, the halls of Olympus. And I had this the the opportunity uh, um, what was my point again? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I mentioned VAR. Oh, yeah. So I, I had the opportunity to go there, and I thought that I was going to make connections, but that wasn't going to happen. I'm just a Greek walking among the gods, right? So I go, and I, the, the, I finally get a chance to make a connection with somebody, to give a business card to one motherfucker. And it's a guy who's sitting with me at lunch, and he starts telling me something that blew my mind. He said, uh, VR is such a new thing. Well, how would VR, he starts, like, I tell him I do a podcast. He's like, how would VR work with your podcast? And I'm like, I, I don't even know, dude. I'm just trying to eat my lunch here. And he goes, well, did you ever think about having a virtual podcast where everyone has an avatar and you're all just sitting in a, in a virtual room, like talking around a virtual table? And I'm like, no. He's like, you should consider it, dude. It's super cool. Like, like, there's, like there's like so many applications for VR that we haven't figured out yet. And it's just so young. 
I just can't wait. I'm excited for where it's going to go. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I was saying that like it's the one thing I, I know that I don't know. Even then, I can still sort of understand it, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Is there anything like that for you where you're like, mm, there's something coming up, or there's something emergent I don't get? AR. AR. Augmented oh, reality. No, I get it, that? but I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. Like, I, I get it. You know, like, I understand you're going to apply something to the world around me. I get it. But at the same time, I don't know what that's going to look like for video games. What am I going to play my goddamn video game on my couch? Like, literally on my couch? Uh, is, is Mario going to be running on the couch? I mean, I well, want Mario to run on the couch. I think it would be interesting for Mario to be jumping on my cushions. But, like, I don't, I don't know where they're going to go with that. You know, see, I, I, I 100% understand what you're saying. And I think the fact that you went to Mario shows that you're not really connected. Because I do get AR. Didn't you ever try the Pokemon Go? I hate it. It forces oh. me to leave my house. I don't want to leave my house. I couldn't find one damn Pokemon in my house. But that's, I mean, that's it. That's <laughs> that's the idea there that, hey, we're going to get you to go out and 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 experience these things that you have to you have to be out in reality in order to play the video game and i think pokemon go was a good sort of first step uh if that makes any sense and i've seen another one where it was called like ghost hunter where you'd walk around and you'd actually have to try to track the signal and it was much like pokemon where you know there'd just be set points you know based on gps location where you could catch a ghost if you were aiming your camera you'd see a ghost you know, drifting across the screen and you could hit a button and whatever. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's interesting. I, I'm constantly trying to keep up with stuff. And the other thing is too, is, uh, there's so much social media and I always feel like I'm not quite up on what the hip one is. Like my friends tried to get me on an Instagram and, uh, no Snapchat, dude. I was like, not for me. No, thanks. Well, it's, Twitter. it's just so temporary. It's just not, yeah. it's ephemeral. It's not something that stays. So I, I haven't figured out what the, I figured out the purpose of it to be ephemeral with it. Like those stupid things you put on your face, the filters and everything like that. That's fun for a funny ephemeral joke. You're going to make the joke happen and then it's going to go away. But I, business needs to be permanent. Like, and in order to apply Snapchat, I need some kind of permanence because people need, need to see the history of what I've been accomplishing with the business. So I haven't really figured out how to apply Snapchat, but one of these days, I guess I'll figure it out um, yeah. where I make a story. I guess, I guess it maybe it works better when you're at a higher echelon of business. Like um, I, th- I think team MC uses Snapchat. Uh, I think they make, I think they make a story. They, they've made a story for different events that they're going to do. Um, and I've seen it at like, you know, sporting events and like big conventions like PAX will have Snapchat stories that everyone in the whole convention can follow. And that makes sense to me. But on the local small time level, I haven't figured out why, what, what, what why, why, what, why do I do it? Why? Yeah. Well, you were, you were mentioning Facebook earlier and uh, before we went live and I said, oh, and I never even finished my story. I said, I, I, I know how to get around those spammers. 
Quit Facebook. That's what I did. Oh, no, that's not going to work. No, Facebook, yeah. Facebook uh, even though advertising and marketing in Facebook is dead, and that's solely because of them, they killed the ability for anyone grassroots to, to market. Because when you post things to Facebook, no one sees them unless you pay for it. Right? So there's no point. I, I, you need a Facebook as like a foundation, but there really is no point until you're established somewhere else to point people to the Facebook because no one's yeah. going to see it. Literally, I post our shows in Facebook. I'll post it in Facebook. No one will see it. Hey, did you see the mm-hmm. show I posted? No, not at all. But on Twitter, like I'll, ha- I'll have like 16 likes on a show or five likes or 20 likes or whatever. I'm seeing people actually click and I haven't paid a cent to Twitter. And that's beautiful. Um, I've seen more growth with, with uh, Twitter and Team MC and Twitch and combining all of those elements together um, in the last six months than I saw in four years of doing any kind of social media through Facebook. And Instagram yeah. just picked up the same business model. So if you think you're going to go and post pictures in Instagram and get any growth, you're not. It's you got to pay them money in order for your pictures to get looked at. It's all part of an algorithm, a clever thing that they just in, in, implemented a couple months ago. It's garbage. It's all garbage. Yeah. You can't and be you grassroots. Use YouTube at all? Well, YouTube is a whole other thing. I haven't even figured mastered that. I have a YouTube account. You can go find Felix Her Good on YouTube. Um, and for a while there, I monetized a shit ton of clips. I have like three or four hundred clips, like an insane amount of clips, uh, with vir- virtually no one viewing them. Uh, hopefully, maybe that'll change tonight when you all go and check out my. But the one thing you want to check out is there is a playlist of of. If you like to watch Destiny, there is a playlist of Felix strictly. I made a playlist where it was all my best. I made this playlist of all my best matches in Destiny PvP. <laughs> and then I said, wait, that's not right. That's not the Felix Hergood way. He's not going to show like just one side of the story. So I said, I need another playlist. There is a playlist that you can go to where I, every single match I lose. It's it's my ra- it's like a rage playlist where I lose PvP matches and I'm not doing well. Um, I def- definitely, there's a lot of expletives in those. I just want to. Wildy Bear is asking for your YouTube link if you want to type that in chat. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can- I'll just real quick while you're typing that in chat, I'll say that uh, before they before Twitch rolled out the affiliate program, I was multi-streaming to Twitch and YouTube and Beam all at the same time. Although part of the affiliate thing is they say no multi-streaming. You are on Twitch and only on Twitch if you want to be an affiliate. Yeah, I know all uh, that. And I really liked it, but the main reason I liked doing it was because everything that I would stream to YouTube would auto-get archived for me so I wouldn't ever have to upload anything. But I had so few people ever actually watching me on YouTube that once... Uh, once I had to make that choice of, well, do I want to keep multi-streaming or do I want to go for the affiliate? It was kind of an easy choice. So now my YouTube is literally just a place where I post like my podcasts and that's it. Yeah. We want to, we want to move our podcast from, uh, we're going to probably going to do this when we move it. We want to move our podcast from being just an audio podcast to being a, a Twitch show, like a Twitch podcast, but we don't, we don't, it's a personal preference of all four members of the show to just not do it um, where you have just a bunch of Skype images, windows, like we're doing now. Um, right. They, they want to do it a different way, so we want to have like a studio set up. 
So the room I'm in right here is going to get developed into like an actual desk and and all of that, hopefully. Or we're going to do it at one of the other guys' house. But it's it's like a construction, pro- like a DIY construction project for all of us. We want to make we want to make it an actual studio. We want to, you know, I guess, I guess what do they call it? They call it stone soup when you know if you don't have actual soup, you just make stone soup. That type stone of stone soup. I I know stone soup. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking. But for those. For those of you out there who don't know what stone soup is, it's an old, what would you say, a fable? A yeah. fairy tale? I don't know. Uh, an aphorism? Al- no, I don't even Allegory? Allegory? No, anyways, it goes like this. A, a stranger comes into a small town, and he's starving, and he doesn't own anything. So he goes to the river, and he picks up a rock, and he rinses off a rock, and he carries this rock into town, and he walks into an inn, and he tells... He tells the, tells the people at this restaurant or inn or tavern or whatever, uh, this rock is magic. It makes the best-tasting soup in the world. And and he makes a big deal about it, and everyone gets around there. They can't wait to try his stone soup. So the, the, the head chef is like, well, okay, let's make some stone soup. So he, he goes, all right, I need a pot, and I need a boiling water. And uh, so he drops the stone soup in, and he's stirring and stirring, and everyone's like, what? Well, is it ready? And he keeps tasting. He's like, not ready yet, not ready. And he's like, mm, something's not right. You know what I need? I need potatoes. And uh, one of those is like, oh, I, I've got potatoes. And they run home and get potatoes. He's like, mm, this could be. You know what it needs? It needs carrots. And he d- keeps doing that over and over. Onions and salt. And uh, this needs a little bit of lamb. And then it'll be perfect. And by the end, he's got this giant pot of stone soup. And he feeds the village. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the best soup ever. But really, it's it's the soup. Like, everyone contributed to it. Yeah. It's and- sort of the, the moral that if everyone contributes – you make something wonderful, even if you start with nothing. Yeah, and that, and that's that's exactly it. So um, that's that's kind of the goal. One one of these days, and we've been slowly building our own stone soup. That's what we've been doing over time. We started off; it was just me and Locke. Locke was me and Locke were the we, our first podcast episode was all about just us talking about Destiny, first year, and uh, th- distinctly the first podcast episode ever was distinctly about us not wanting to be QA quality assurance for major companies. Um, so our first episode is just us just basically bitching back and forth about how destiny was broken and there were parts in it that sucked and how we felt like we were there quality assurance. Like they didn't want to hire quality assurance guys to actually test their own game. So they just tested on us. Um, and we find that this is a trend with a lot of games and we're like, we were pissed about it. So we just got, we didn't want to talk and work anymore about it. So we said, let's set up a podcast. I had an audio background. I, uh, I got a, a video production degree from the Art Institute of Philadelphia. I got a media studies degree from Temple University. And I did a radio show in my last semester at Temple, and I didn't want to stop doing that radio show. So I continued right into doing a podcast with these guys. Um, and it's been great. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how we started. We just started as a small two-man show and then grew. We had two more hosts. Now we have an alternating set of uh, what we could. I don't know what they're calling themselves right now. I think they're called uh, emerging gamer correspondents. I think that's what they, they're. They're not official hosts, but they're constant uh, rotation, rotational hosts, guest hosts, kind of like the Daily Show. Um, guest hosts, and they come in from time to time. And one of these days, when I can figure it out technologically, this is a conversation I have to have with you, Wildy Bear. I have to figure out how to get Skype or maybe even the new. Uh, chat and Discord, the audio chat and Discord. I got to figure out how to get that into my actual show. Like have the four men in a room, and then have somebody like Wildy Bear or like you, Dosrev, um, 
in our show. Just talk talk with us, and we'll announce you as a guest. You can peep your own your your own stuff. You know things you're doing. So, well, I'd be happy to talk with you about that at some time. I've 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 definitely done that where I've done um, not. Uh, where I've had people on Skype and people in the room with me and we've all been talking. Uh, I've done at least one podcast that way where there was me and there was one of my guests sitting right next to me and then we also had people on Skype. It's it's a little tricky, especially with OBS, because I'm assuming you use OBS. I could be wrong. But currently right now, I told you, I'm an audio-only podcast. Right, right. So all we're using is we're, we're recording with Logic. You know, when you stream, book. do you stream straight from your PlayStation then, or? Oh, when I stream, that's all. That's all done through OBS. That's done through a built. Yeah. I build a PC, and my my PC has OBS running on it, and then I have a, two consoles, an Xbox One and a PS4, where I just I have a capture card plugged into the computer, and then you know I just flip out the Xbox One HDMI cable with the the um, well. PS4. I will let you know right now, OBS and Skype do not get along. They do not like each other at all. So there does, you do need a little finagling. To no, no. I mean, before we take it to actual Twitch and do a live show like that, I'm saying what I would like to do is just be able to bring Skype guests into my audio-only part podcast that I'm doing right now. You know, not, I'm not even talking about thinking forward with the, the actual studio setup. I'm I, talking, yeah, I'm just talking about being able to at least get an outside person from somewhere in the world, like Europe, um, to to be able to be on our show so that they can join in on the emerging gamer discussion. Um, now you know you before before we started, you mentioned uh, you wanted to make sure that you had a chance to talk about your podcast that's coming up, and it's related to your T-shirt. And right now, no, your the T-shirt po- the is off screen. Do you want no, to talk the about podcast, that? No, they're just two thoughts. We're, conf- we're Sorry. conflating. We're conflating. No, the two thoughts. Right now, you are taking me away from one of my, my loves, which is comic books, because Sorry. I could be watching The Defenders, and I'm not. <laughs> do, you want to show, do you want to show everyone what your, what your uh, shirt is there? They just and announced the, the Punisher today, baby. The Punisher teaser got announced. I'm so excited. I think that comes out in November, so I can't wait for The Punisher. I'm a, this year, this past year, is the first year I started collecting comics because of Mr. Menti from the Fireside Chats. And... Um, and he got me into Punisher, and now I'm, I'm collecting Volume 7, all, all of the Punisher books, Volume 7. That's the Punisher Max series, if you're familiar with that. And I've already collected Punisher Volume 1, and I'm just obsessed with the Punisher. I mean, it, when I- it, it helps that they also have a television version of him that is terrific. He's an unbelievable yeah. Punisher. He's so yeah. much better as the Punisher than he was as Shane on The Walking Dead. <laughs> just want to... I hated him as Shane. <laughs> I uh, I can say this to you because I know you can't actually punch me in the face over Skype. I uh, I don't watch The Walking Dead. Okay, that's fine. It's a I don't watch show. Walking Dead. I, w- I don't watch Game of Thrones. It's not a terrible show. Walking uh, De- I well, just- here's the thing. My wife is a hardcore Walking Dead addict. Like, she loves it. Now, before I got married... <sighs> Zombie movies, I used to love them. After I got married, anytime I watch zombie movies or zombie TV shows, I have nightmares that night. I don't know why. Yeah, if you're getting the night sweats, like, I mean, don't don't put yourself through it. I mean. Yeah, so I just, I don't watch it. And I don't watch Game of Thrones because I was a fan of the books long before the TV show. So I'm waiting for the books to be finished before I do the TV. Hey, here's the thing about The Walking Dead. 
There's two Walking Dead shows out right now, okay? You might have forgotten about Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, no. No, no, no. My wife bitches about it constantly. I could never forget about okay, it. Okay, so Fear the Walking Dead, I don't bitch about. It's the better Walking Dead show. I watch it all the time, and I love the show. Um, because I actually care about the family unit that's in that show and whether they survive because they're a tight family. Walking Dead, I only watch it to see who's going to die. My favorite character on the show is Negan, and when he killed... Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not going to say it. But when he killed when he a certain killed the character, guy. We all know. when he I killed a certain character, I went, that's great. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Kill more. Uh, and that's wrong. I should not be watching The Walking Dead to watch people die. They're all annoying. I'm done with all of them, except for Negan. He's the coolest character on the show. But I actually care about the lifeblood of the characters on Fear the Walking Dead. I want them to survive. I want them to stay together as a family. But Walking Dead, man, I should not be watching it for those reasons. You know, it's like Game of Thrones. Although in Game of Thrones, there are people you align with and you want them to survive. But there are characters on Game of Thrones, man. I'm like, get rid of that dude. I want that dude dead. You know, and I should not be doing that. I should be watching a show to want people to die. That's just awful. And the other thing, the other thing about The Walking Dead that's interesting to me, this is just a side thing here. Um, Every time somebody's watching The Walking Dead, they put themselves in the shoes of a survivor, right? We can't all yeah. be survivors. <laughs> when a real plague happens, we're not all going to be survivors. So it's so weird to me that there's all these people, millions upon millions of millions of people watching The Walking Dead, aligning with survivors, not realizing that they're probably not a survivor. They're actually just probably one of the many Walking Dead. <laughs> Well, that, that would be me. And my wife has often said, she goes, you know, if that ever did happen, I hope you know, I would shove you into a horde of zombies in order to get away. I'm I like, just, I know, baby. I, I know. just want to say Trip Zero and Trab are, Trab is a, a constant uh, contributor. What are we calling, calling you, Trab? A constant contributor? Uh, are you a correspondent to the Emerging Gamer Podcast? But Trab and Trip, Trip Zero is one of the hosts of the Emerging Gamer Podcast. Um, he's actually in the chat right now, and Trav is one of our constant uh, correspondents. Or just write in the chat what you think you should call yourself, Trav. <laughs> but there's a bunch of episodes. What's up, Trip and Trav? There's a bunch of uh, episodes where you're here, where you were he- you will hear Trav. Trip is our one of our main hosts, but he's in California right now. And as I mentioned earlier, I don't technologically understand how to get Skype or anything into the the show with the hardware I have. So trip has not been on any episodes. I apologize for that trip. And I also apologize for spoiling game of Thrones. I spoiled the last episode. I'm sorry. Fuck me. <laughs> it was horrible. Okay. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that when you like things on Twitter, it shows up in someone else's feed. I didn't know trip zero. I didn't know. Fuck. <laughs> I just think it was so funny because I was a fan of the books for so long, and I would always have people going like, oh, do you watch Game of Thrones? They'd be like, no, I don't watch Game of Thrones. They'd be like, oh, there was this great part where they were up in this castle, and there was a cl-. And I'm like, yeah, I know, blah, blah, blah happened. And, and they're like, yeah, how would you know if you don't watch? I'm like, I read the books. I went on Twitter, and I, I tweeted something that didn't, didn't have a spoiler. I retweeted multiple things that didn't have a spoiler. Then I liked a, spo- a, a post that had the worst spoiler ever, and it fucking randomly showed up in Trip Zero's like, feed, and he went ballistic on me. He's like, we're in a fight right now, dude, on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm like, well, sorry, dude. I'm so glad there's distance between us. 
I uh, yeah. So apparently, your new nickname is going to be Felix for spoilers. Yeah, I, I kind of have a tendency to be dumb with technology and then spoil the fucking shit out of stuff. Sorry, I almost spoiled who Negan killed on Walking Dead <laughs> just now. <laughs> just now. Although, I mean, in fairness, wasn't it was a while oh, ago, I, motherfuckers? That was a while ago. You should I just caught up. Lip. Like I had this discussion: how long until spoilers are no longer spoilers? Right. I don't want to be spoiled. I'm watching the Americans right now. Like, I'm second season of the Americans. I don't want anyone to spoil that. Like, I don't want to get spoiled on the Americans. I stay off of those websites. I don't fuck with any articles that are talking about, like, you know, conceptually why they came up with the Americans or the season, why they're trying to complete this thing or whatever. I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fucking talk about it. You know, I I haven't looked at a single Defenders post. Being on the other side of it, I'm what uh, Reddit refers to as a patient gamer I love going back and playing games that came out like five or six years ago. You know, like I just played through Witcher three and that's like two years old. I literally just beat it on stream a few days ago. It was my first time ever playing. It's a great game. I love that game. And I want to talk with everyone about it. And they're like, Witcher three. Yeah, that was a great game two years ago. What are you talking about? Here's the thing. I don't really think I, some people, feel strongly about this, but I, I don't feel like, I, I'm not bothered by video game spoilers at all. In fact, I'll watch, like, parts of, Trip Zero does not like video game spoilers. He, he, he'll he come into my stream, and him and Crazy Peanut, another contributor that we have, he's on episode 134 of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, but Crazy Peanut and Trip Zero come into my stream, find out that I'm playing a part of a game, of a game that they ha- haven't played yet, and they will fucking literally leave. <laughs> they'll, they'll come into my chat, they'll go, hey, how you doing, dude? Oh, you're at that part? Okay, I'm out. <laughs> and yeah. they'll, they'll fucking piece right out of my stream. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I have like two or three regulars who are in my stream every day from noon till four when I stream. They're there from from before I start until the minute I end and host bomb another Team MZ member. They are there. And if I'm playing Witcher that day, they're like, see you tomorrow. Peace. And they're out. And like, they, I mean, some of your most dedicated fans are just they they. I think, I, think big thing. I, I did say that I couldn't be spoiled by video games, but I think I remember when um, Last of Us came out, I thought it was really important to not spoil the beginning of The Last of Us to people. I think it's really important for people to see The Last of Us beginning and not know what they're about ready to see. Um, and that's probably true of this new game, Hellblade. So the new episode that we posted, 136, talks all about Hellblade. And those guys, I don't think really, they did a really good job dancing around like actual plot points. So if you listen to our Hellblade episode, Hellblade episode I don't think you're going to get spoiled. Um, they just talked favorably about it, and they talked about mechanics, basically. They were just talking about mechanics the whole time. Uh, but that episode is our current one that I just posted in the chat uh, a couple of minutes ago. So... 136. That's 136 weeks. Just letting you know. Think about that. 136 weeks. That's that's impressive. I've been doing my per, my personal podcast uh, every Monday, and I just I realized I'm like, ooh, I'm coming up on episode 50, and I'm like trying to think of something. Yeah, like what should special. you do? Yeah, we, we kind of shit canned uh, celebration. I think we we tried to celebrate 50, didn't really do well at it. Then we got to 100 and just. Like, I think we were all busy, uh, you know, and just didn't care. We didn't even celebrate it. <laughs> now we're, we're past 100. I don't know. Are we going to celebrate 200 trips zero? I don't know. What are we going to do? <laughs> Maybe. 
Well, if you don't, there's always 250, right? <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be 300 one day. Uh, so I mean, knows? that's that's the other thing. Like, I, I, I'm getting the impression that you and I are a lot alike in the sense that we just, you just really, really love doing the podcast. Like, if I hadn't kind of gotten into podcasting, uh, and I do the video right on Twitch, you know, um, I might not even still be streaming. Like, I just love doing this. I just love talking to people this way. Uh, it's just so much fun. I've, I've, I haven't flipped. Like, I like them equally. Like, they both give me the same kind of juice. Like, I, lo- I, I love doing the podcast because I, I vent. You know, I'm able to vent about certain things. Although, sometimes when we're doing the podcast and I vent, they got to keep me on goddamn track because I'm Mr. Tangential. Like, I go tan- I go complete, completely off the rails sometimes talking about shit that's not even related to gaming. And Trip Zero in a bunch of our episodes, like, okay, dude, we got to bring it back in. we got to bring it back in, dude. we got to bring it back in. Um, but I get I, that. So that... That gives me a chance to vent. The actual streaming is a whole other thing. The, the entertainer gets to be mm-hmm. there. I get to entertain for a group of people, and I really get a, I get a buzz off that. That's a natural high, man. Um, and I and I, I think I can align with somebody like Mark Anthony. You know, you know, like I, I can get off on the. Um, you, if you've ever seen that guy perform, he's just like he's kind of juiced up. When he comes off, like I I worked um, a live show, the Paul Simon Gershwin Prize, where Paul Simon won an award. And I was backstage and I was just working on the crew. And Mark Anthony's up on stage doing his like singing in in, in the live event. And he comes off stage and he was just like, whoa, whoa. And I, I turn to him and I go, dude, what are you on? And he's like, nothing. I'm high on this show, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I kind of yeah. get into it. I get into it. I feel you. Listen, there was one thing on the questionnaire that I will be upset with myself if I don't talk about. Okay, so I think we've uh, so far I've asked one question from the questionnaire, and that was about the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So we're going to make it two because this this question I wanted to ask you about. All right, tell me about getting kicked in the stomach by Jennifer Garner. I put that on there because that was like I just fed that to you. I was like, he's just going to talk about this because he knows he knows he's like, what the fuck is this about? All right, so I don't know if you'd ever be able to find video of this. I have video of it, um, but uh, back in the post post two thousand post two thousand one early like two thousand three or four, there was interstitial programming on Nickelodeon called Nick You Pick Live. What interstitial programming programming is is the type of programming that you would see. Like, have you ever seen Dinner in a Movie? Dinner in the Movie is there's a host who's on like a set or a stage, and then they they introduce a movie. Then the movie plays, and when commercial breaks happen, you meet the host, and the host like tells you something about the characters or tells you something about whatever. Nicky Pick Live was interstitial programming for cartoons. What you had was you had two um, hosts who, when a cartoon would end, they'd lead it in and they'd take it out. And during that time, they would have guests. And at the time, Jennifer Garner was on Alias. And I was working on the production crew of Nicky Pick Live. And I, my normal job was actually just corral kids. I would walk kids to the bathroom. I would walk kids, make sure they were in their seats for when the show, because there was like a live kids studio audience. 
And I met all kinds of Nickelodeon celebrities at the time, like Amanda Bynes. She's not crazy, or she is now, but she wasn't crazy. She was actually really nice and gave me her lunch one day. Um, she's actually a – for me, she was just a nice young girl who, I don't know, went batshit because of the media. But uh, I met Jer- Drake and Josh. These are all Nickelodeon kids. I met lots of different uh, kids. But anyway, they would also have A-list celebrities on the show. And at the time, Jennifer Garner was one of them. And um, they were doing a bit where she was supposed to kick a um, – she was supposed to – not kick. She was supposed to fight either uh, the cow, which is a character on the show, a superhero guy called Pip-Boy, who was a character on the show. And the third character on the show was made up for that day, and he was the abominable snowman. And the, the little small girl who worked in the prop department who was supposed to wear the costume got sick that day. And they said to me beforehand, they said, we don't think that the kids are going to pick the abominable snowman. So we think they're going to pick the characters they're familiar with. The pick boy was a regular on the show. The cow was a regular on the show. And they said, don't worry about it, but we might need you to fill in in the abominable snowman costume. And I said, okay, whatever. Just, you know, give me a holler if you need me or whatever. I'll be over here doing whatever I had to do that day. So, oh, I was working in the prop department. I happen to be filling in for her. That's what it was. So five minutes before the goddamn bit was supposed to air, right, I'm just minding my own goddamn business in the prop room, and the stage manager comes in, and he goes, you're not going to fucking believe this. You're not going to believe this. They really want to fuck Jennifer Garner up. They pick the abominable snowman. (laughs) I went, what? He's like, you got to squeeze in that fucking suit, dude. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, all right, so I fucking, that's it. I go, I squeeze into this goddamn suit. I barely fit in it. It was designed for like a girl who was like five foot three. I was like, I'm like six foot one and a half. So there was definitely like in the, there was a top part and a bottom part. And there was definitely a break in the, the in the suit that I had to cover up. It was fucking weird. And I was kind of hunched over in it and everything. But, uh, yeah, so in the bit, I'm supposed to go out. I was a bombable snowman, snowman with fucking boxing gloves on. And I was supposed to go out and do something. And I, in five minutes, I, I don't have that. I'm, wearing, I'm not wearing a helmet, but I'm wearing, like, the rest of the suit. And I walk up to the stage manager. And I go, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? He's like, this is your 15 minutes of fame, dude. He's like, you know how to act. React. And uh, so, so I went out. And I just did like a rocky thing. I was like doing this thing or whatever. And then the ding, ding, ding of the bell. And then sure enough, Jennifer Garner kicked me in the stomach. And then I reacted like with delay. It was like a like four and a half second delay where I just didn't know what to do. And then I just fell over, you know, not four and a half seconds. Probably it's probably like one second. But well, yeah, I fell know, over. I fell down. And that's my story. Like forever to you, even though it's only I got. You know, ki- yeah. yeah, right. I got. I've watched the video a couple times, but yeah, I got kicked in the stomach by Jennifer Garner, and that was it. Now, the well, worst part. No, here's the worst part of this whole story. Oh, oh this please, is the worst I'm part. I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was more. No, I'm kidding. So after that, I go back to my normal job, um, corralling the kids to the bathroom, like after the bit or whatever. The kids had to go to the bathroom, right? So I'm taking the kids. I'm staying outside the bathroom while the kids are in the bathroom or whatever. And uh, her whole entourage comes by me. She's at the front, and then there's like 15 people behind her, like all kinds of people, hair and makeup, all that shit, cosmetic. We're walking, we're walking, she's walking by, and I see her like she's just a normal girl, right? We're not too far apart in age. So I see her as a normal girl. And I immediately say, 
an instinct to a normal girl, a guy to a girl. Nice sparring with you, Miss Garner. Right? She says, oh, abominable. Nice sparring with you, too, in a really nice, casual conversation way. Keeps walking. I'm like, fine, whatever. At the end of the line, some dickhead at MTV, because MTV owns Nickelodeon, some dickhead at MTV goes, just under their breath, oh, that's a no-no. <laughs> and I had to sit for two and a half to three hours after work that day, fucking watching stupid, like, you're not supposed to talk to celebrities, the proper etiquette for celebrities fucking videos at MTV. You believe that bullshit? <laughs> I was so pissed off, dude. All I did was talk to a girl. That's all I did. I didn't say anything offensive. I just talked to a girl. Think about that. Uh, I'm not going to go into it because we are out of time, but I'll just say I served Mariah Carey a tofu dog once. Awesome. Uh, and she had her little entourage, and they didn't give me any hard time. And the little hot dog stand I was working at, owner didn't care that I said that, but whatever. Anyways, Felix, man, there are some days where the podcast just zips by, and it's been so much fun talking to you. And I hope that everyone in chat has made sure they've followed you, and I hope you've Enjoyed your time as Streamer of the Week, Team MZ Streamer of the Week. Can I post the current, uh, show? Can I post the current show link again? Please, please do. This is all about you. And while you're doing that, I'm just going to say uh, this is going to come to the end of Felix's uh, time as our Team MZ Streamer of the Week. And I'm very happy to announce next week's Streamer of the Week. And we've got that right here as soon as I – there we go. Uh, Lazar, what? I should have practiced this. Oh, I'm so terrible. Lazarus Rex. Lazarus Rex is our next Team MZ streamer of the week. We're so excited. I've actually, I, I've actually been in Lazarus. I've been in Lazarus Rex uh, stream. He did an IRL one day, and I actually was in his stream uh, hanging out with him one day. Uh, I think he lives in Oklahoma. He was saying that, but uh, where the wind sweeps down from the plains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, right. one, the one thing I was going to say is my episode this week is called Sorry to Take You Away from Defenders. Not sorry. <laughs> well, so. I put it on my Netflix queue. It's just a matter of t finding time to watch it. But, uh, you know, everyone, make sure you're following Felix or Good, twitch.tv, Felix or Good. I've, I've checked him out. He's, he's a lot of fun. Uh, he's, I mean, if you've been watching this, you know he's, he's very entertaining. Highly recommend you watch him. So for Felix or Good, for Team MZ, I am Rev. You can find me at twitch.tv, Dose Rev. And we're going to say good night. You know, instead of waving good night, how about we do some uh, Defenders punches at the air? What do you think? Yeah! That's my, that's my best fucking iron fist right there. Yeah! All right. Have a good night, everyone.